재미와 지식의 오디오 라이프 팝빵. What time is it? What time is it? What time is it? Do you know what time it is? 그립방 아빠의 안타까운 웃음이 알려지면서 복지 지원을 Prime It's prime time. Well, it's been touted as perhaps the most important U.S. presidential election in our generation. We have election results set to come in in about maybe seven, eight hours from now. States all across the country, voters getting ready to vote for their preferred candidate. It is not a straight-up popular vote. There is an electoral college system, so certain key states are in focus. And what we want to do is get the thoughts of the people from both sides of the aisle. First, from the very important state of Ohio, the chairman of the Republican Party in Hamilton County, which includes the city of Cincinnati. Very pleased to have joining us Alex Triantafilu. Hello. Henry, greetings from the United States and from the beautiful state of Ohio. Well, thank you so much for joining us, sir. I imagine it's going to be quite a busy day. I know it's very early for you there, and we do appreciate you uh, joining us. Uh, Most people who've been following this race know that Ohio is, if not the most, uh, one of the most important states uh, uh, for this election. It looks like it's leaning um, Trump as it stands right now. Uh, Can you just assess how it is on the ground right now as voters head to the polls? Well, uh, voters uh, here in Ohio the poll- go to the polls in about an hour. So I'll tell you that last night and the last several days have been very busy here in Ohio with uh, just identifying our voters and making sure they get out to the polls. So um, the ground uh, game here for Donald Trump has been extraordinary. The energy on the ground for his campaign has been overwhelming. And we think we're going to win Ohio. We think it's going to be close today. But uh, the-, the ground game here is very strong. And look, To give credit to Secretary Clinton, she's run a strong campaign here as well. It should be close in Ohio. There's been reports of perhaps a little bit of a rift between the Trump campaign and the uh, the RNC uh, within the state of Ohio. Most people know, of course, the governor, John Kasich, is uh, certainly um, perhaps not the biggest ally, political ally of Donald Trump as it stands right now. Um, have most of those um, dis- disagreements and issues, including with the chairman of the uh, Republican campaign in the state, been ironed out? Yes, they really have. I know... I know all of the people you just mentioned. I know them personally. Right. Uh, we've worked well here, ultimately, with uh, with the entire apparatus in Ohio, and that's one of the reasons we've been consistently leading in the polls here in Ohio. Uh, so despite some high-profile uh, disagreements between our governor, who's done a terrific job, by the way, and the nominee, uh, Donald Trump, I think we've managed to work through that. Uh, Donald Trump is speaking to people who aren't in politics. He's His appeal is to people who are not uh, you know, politicians and leaders in government. His appeal is to regular people, and they've responded with great enthusiasm to his campaign. And I don't feel like we've missed anything with uh, with not having, you know, any you know, not everyone here in Ohio on board. Uh, I can again, I continue to believe we're going to win Ohio tonight, and I think that's been because of the tremendous grassroots campaign and the effort uh, that that we've shown on the ground for Donald Trump. 
a lot of attention also uh, focused on the uh, the down ballot races and whether uh, any uh, uh, ticket splitting will occur. It, uh, in recent cycles, it does appear that uh, there is a pretty straight line party vote uh, throughout all of the candidates. It does look like the, uh, and I imagine, again, a close friend of yours, Rob Portman, uh, really has a pretty sizable advantage going into this uh, election day, right? Yeah, you're correct. I know Senator Portman well. He's actually from Cincinnati, from my part of Ohio. And Senator Portman has a sizable lead going into today. Uh, you know, he has run the most incredible campaign, I think, maybe ever run in Ohio, at least in the modern era. Uh, he has just crisscrossed this state, uh, worked very, very hard. I suggest to you that he'll win this state by a larger margin than Donald Trump will. Uh, he has established a, bru- a blueprint for how a candidate ought to run. And, uh, you know, I think it's uh, important that people get to know Senator Rob Portman because we may hear his name again and again, mm. not just for the United States Senate, but beyond. Why do you think it is that uh, Portman has been able to run ahead of the ticket in terms of, uh, if you look at the pre-polling going into today, uh, consistently outperforming? Is it because of his uh, name ID within the state itself or perhaps uh, some of the uh, Republican base having some misgivings over Trump? Well, I'll tell you what, it's fair to say that Senator Portman actually began the campaign with a disadvantage on name identification. His opponent was a former governor sure. of the state and a well-known That's name. Strickland. What Senator Portman did, yeah, what Senator Portman did right is he just ran a very effective campaign talking to the various constituency groups across the state. He's the first Republican I can remember in a long time to actually get several major union endorsements in this state. So he was able to cross over and get a lot of support among Democratic constituencies as well as hold on to his Republican base. I think really that's been his appeal. He has cross-party appeal. And for those of us who know Senator Portman and even the, the voters who've gotten to know him, he's just a very high-quality person, very intelligent, uh, very committed to doing the job and doing it well, very well-spoken, articulate, and, and very authentic as a person. So um, I think all of those things have really uh, captured the imagination of Ohio's voters. and I think that's why tonight they're going to return him to the United States Senate. For this election cycle, and even more so uh, than in previous cycles, although Ohio is always very, very important, it seems to have had an outsized role. The The convention, the Republican convention, was held in Cleveland, uh, one of the, uh, uh, the longest surviving candidates against Donald Trump was the governor, John Kasich. Uh, is Ohio's role always going to be that bellwether? Is it always going to be one of those states where you don't know how it's going to tilt until we tally all of the votes uh, like we did infamously in 2012, where I suppose on, on outlets like Fox News, there were some disagreements as to which way it actually ran. Uh, how confident are you that Ohio will continue to be this sort of always kind of neck and neck tight race? Or do you think demographic changes may shift that equation uh, down future election cycles? I think the state is going to continue to be a, a bellwether state for, for several reasons. First of all, um, you know, there's not a, there, there aren't people fleeing Ohio going to neighboring states, Indiana, Kentucky, uh, Michigan, or Pennsylvania. They, 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 there's a lot to, to do here between Cleveland and Columbus and Cincinnati. People really tend to stay in this state. And, you know, our, we have a state that's very good for business these days. Governor Kasich actually has done an outstanding job 
making the state friendly to businesses. So I think this state will continue to remain stable, and it is a swing state. I mean, it can go back and forth, and I think over the next several presidential cycles, it'll continue to play this, as you described it, Henry, properly, uh, an outsized role, uh, given our kind of Midwestern uh, location here in the United States. But I I continue to believe that we're going to be a swing state in that regard. When you look at the electoral math, and this is sort of a cliche by now, but uh, it is, uh, I suppose, the case that the Republican candidate always has a bit more of an uphill climb uh, to get to 270. And it's been often stated that um, no Republican candidate uh, in the past few election cycles has been able to win the presidency without winning the state of Ohio. And I know you are optimistic on Trump's chances. Uh, You're very optimistic on the down ballot uh, uh, prospects. But I know this is hypothetical, but if if Trump does not win Ohio, is the election essentially over? I mean, we we can talk about the Rust Belt wave and all of that, but um, is this pretty much do or die for the Donald Trump campaign to win the state of Ohio? Yeah, I'm not great at prognosticating across the country, but I will tell you that I I think it's very difficult for him to get to the 270 electoral votes, given what I know without winning Ohio. Uh, but I will tell you this, Donald Trump has surprised all of us in the political establishment. Um, I was one of the people who, uh, who who never thought he would be the nominee of the Republican Party. I was a, I was a delegate for Governor Kasich. So, mm-hmm. you know, for me, it was, um, you know, we, we've been surprised by him. Uh, the, 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 the turnout in his rallies, the grassroots support, the campaign that we've seen here on the ground in Ohio, and especially southwest Ohio, where I am in Cincinnati, is unprecedented. I've been chairman here in our community for nine years. I've been active politically for 20 years here. I've not seen anything like this movement. So nothing will ultimately surprise me tonight. So uh, while Ohio looks to be very important, I, again, there are places like Minnesota, places like Michigan, and even Pennsylvania, where I think Donald Trump is going to outperform the polls. I'm not suggesting he's going to win Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. by the way, but I think he stands a real opportunity to outperform many of these polls. And I think also that the Brexit comparison is not uh, is not misplaced. I think it's um, a possibility that he, he outperforms many of these polls and does very well in some other states. And for some of the more... Uh, the 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 geeks among us as you look at these uh, election returns uh, where do you think if you want to pinpoint some of our listeners uh, to look out for in terms of counties i know hamilton county is going to be very important cuyahoga county but if you see some of the results coming in uh, what do you think will be indicative of whether this race is swinging one way or the other yeah if you're watching ohio henry i think uh, and i'm by the way i'm quite impressed with how well you know our state but uh, i'll tell you that uh, we uh uh, I think you've hit on it perfectly. Hamilton County, Cuyahoga County, which is Cleveland, uh, and then um, uh, the areas in um, Mahoning County is another big area to look at. Mahoning County in the eastern portion of this state, that's a very uh, working-class, blue-collar uh, uh, area hit hard by job losses as a result mm. of some of the free trade deals. Those are areas where if they come in strong and big, uh, you can expect uh, this, this state to be red, and that is to go for Donald Trump tonight. Oh, we're going to let you go. Uh, I know it's a very busy day for you. I imagine you're not going to get too much sleep tonight uh, as the results uh, come in. But thank you so much for joining us. It's really instructive for our audience to get to hear uh, your thoughts on this, particularly in the state of Ohio. Thank you so much, sir. It's a great honor to be with you, Henry. Take care. Best to you.
That was Republican uh, Chairman of Hamilton County, Alex Triantafilu. Now let's uh, hear from the opposite side of the aisle. We have uh, joining us, and this is going to be something even more relevant to our listeners, perhaps. Uh, He is the president of the Korean American Democratic Association on the line right now, Gene Kim. Hello. Hi, Henry. It's a pleasure to be on here. Thank you very much for joining us, sir. Uh, first, uh, just briefly, uh, where, what state are you in right now? So I'm in Los Angeles right now, and that's where the Korean American Democratic Committee is based, and we've been here for over 20 years. Uh, the reason why I ask that is because I'm also from California, and uh, I'm also a Korean American. So, uh, I like a lot of our parents' generation who've come over there. I don't know if that's been the case with you, but uh, we've typically typically had um, relatively conservative parents, and that was kind of uh, sort of indicated through their support of candidates like Ronald Reagan and going down the line with perhaps up to uh, George Bush. Uh, in in the United States, as it stands right now. And I know this is, of course, a very diverse electorate, even among Korean Americans. But how do they view the race, generally speaking, uh, between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump? Well, I think when you think about Korean Americans and how they're viewing the two leading candidates for president, it's going to be fairly consistent with what you'll see across the board and, frankly, across the world. Um, The latest polls show that Korean Americans overwhelmingly have negative an unfavorable opinion of Donald Trump, about 80% mm-hmm. uh, have a negative view of Trump. Whereas Hillary Clinton, on the other hand, is much higher favorables, around 60%, and a lot more credibility given her previous work as Secretary of State and as Senator from New York. Generally speaking, though, if you took polling, um, there is a pretty sizable then uh, majority support among the Korean-American community for Hillary Clinton, then is what you're saying, right? Yes, very significant about 40 points in the last poll that I saw. Okay, so almost almost like the Hispanic gap as far as uh, what we've seen from various polling uh, uh, with the Latino population. When you talk about Asian Americans, um, you know that it is a sizable minority group. It's a very diverse group, of course. We have South Asians, Southeast Asians, uh, East Asians, and what have you. Uh, they are the fastest growing demographic in the U.S., um, but uh, it does seem like Asian Americans sort of get the short end of the stick. They don't really get a lot of uh, focus or attention among uh, the U.S. media. Uh, A lot of people talking about the black vote, the Hispanic vote, even the white vote, uh, especially when we're talking about non-educated, college-educated. What do you think are the reasons why that is, and do you think that might change after this election? I think we've already seen that change. I think just a number of stories in the past eight months about the Asian American vote is far beyond anything I've seen, frankly, in the last 10 years. I think the fact that we're the fastest growing demographic has always been a highlight, but the problem with our community has always been low voter registration and even lower turnout numbers. In fact, the lowest of any ethnic community. And there's a lot of different reasons for that. Some of them are external challenges, the fact that maybe new immigrants aren't as familiar with their electoral process, the fact that many folks, I think about a third of Asian Americans, have limited English proficiency, mm-hmm. which makes it a little bit harder for them to go to the polling station to understand the process. And frankly, the major campaigns do not do a great job of reaching out to our communities. As you mentioned, we're very diverse. There's a lot of different communities, religions, languages, cultures that you're trying to navigate. And when you're targeting at that smaller level, a lot of campaigns may not always see that as a valuable use of resources especially given the limitations of the campaign. But some of the other challenges are, frankly, internal. I think culturally, there's always been a barrier that we've had to overcome as a community where Asian Americans don't always prioritize civic participation. 
and they don't necessarily appreciate the impact that an election may have on their daily lives. But I think seeing someone like Donald Trump uh, within striking distance of the White House has helped to really clarify the fact that elections have consequences. And just in the past few months, there's been stories across NBC, the AP, New York Times, LA Times, frankly, every major outlet talking about the Asian-American vote becoming more and more important to determine the outcome of this election. Has the Trump campaign made any serious outreach uh, toward the Asian-American community besides any token gestures? I mean, from my perspective, especially as a Democrat, I see mostly everything they've done as a token gesture. (laughs) I did think it was interesting that they chose a uh, Korean-American speaker to be at the RNC. Yeah, I remember that. Of uh, Korean-Americans for Trump. They've also, you know, launched an advisory committee, and he recently did some work with the uh, Republican Hindu Coalition. But a lot of that has been late game uh, stuff that came together in the last few weeks. And frankly, the rhetoric that he spouted has made it difficult even for his own minority community supporters to stand with him. And even the Latino group that he tried to pull together as his advisory commission, several high-profile members ended up stepping down Mm -hmm. because his rhetoric only continued to become even more and more devices and we keep talking about demographic shifts in the united states uh, a lot of it again uh, talking about the growth of the uh, the hispanic population as well as uh, their also increased engagement in the electoral process i just want to go back to what i was talking about with my parents generation i guess your parents generation and and how uh, our generation now views politics it does seem like Asian-American support for Democratic candidates has certainly gone up. I don't know if that's just anecdotal on my point, but it does seem like that's the case over the last 20 years. Uh, You typically think all those conservative values, uh, the social conservatism and all of that uh, would seem to mean that uh, they would sort of tilt towards Republicans. But uh, why do you think that is the case, if that is indeed the trend? Oh, that's absolutely the trend, and we have data to reinforce that. I think when Bill Clinton first ran for the presidency in 1992, he only received about 30% of Mm. the Asian-American vote, whereas President Obama most recently received something close to 78%, which was even higher than Latinos and uh, general population. So there's definitely been a very strong trend going from Republican to Democrat over the last 20 years. You know, at the end of the day, like you said, for a lot of our parents, you know, core Republican values would be appealing. Right. If Republicans really stood for limited government and personal responsibility, and that was it, you know, those are very much in line with Korean values and Asian values and a lot of mainstream Americans. But what we've seen from the party, especially over the last few decades, is a lot of new ideas coming in that are frankly exclusionary and narrow-minded. You know, Republicans have now gained the reputation of being a party that alienates immigrants and diverse communities and religious minorities and minority communities as a whole, women, young people, all these groups don't feel welcome in the Republican Party. And to be honest, Donald Trump, you know, some Republicans would argue that he doesn't even embody traditional Republican or conservative values, but he does embody the values of the modern Republican Party. And the fact that he won a primary against over 15 other candidates, some of whom were Republican governors and senators, and ended up becoming the standard bearer for that party, shows how far they've gone from the party of Lincoln to where they are today. 
On a final note here, and I know, of course, you are optimistic about uh, uh, the Democratic Party's chances, uh, not just in the presidential race, but in all the down-ballot races. But uh, for us here in South Korea, and I'm sure uh, you know as well, uh, we're having a little bit of a uh, political crisis of our own. Uh, Just for our listeners, um, many of them who do not have the right to vote in the U.S. election, so they can't affect the results in any way, just make that final case to our listeners why for South Korea as a country, um, it is important that Hillary Clinton wins the election and not Donald Trump? Well, I think South Koreans, just like folks throughout the world, understand the uh, outsized role that the United States plays in global affairs, and especially the president of the United States and the kind of person we want in that position. I think you have someone like Donald Trump, who is dangerously unqualified to be in such a pivotal role, who can't even be trusted to manage his own social media accounts, and yet we're about to give him the most powerful military force on the planet. And on the other hand, we have Secretary Clinton, who may be one of the single most qualified people to ever run for office, who's worked as Secretary of State, as Senator from New York, and as First Lady, and even just early on in her career, shows that she has the compassion and intelligence and values to not just represent the United States of America, but to really push forward global interests, and that she is someone who's constantly learning, constantly getting better, and really focused on policy and implementation, I think that's the kind of president not only that people in the United States want, but people throughout the world want. And if I can make one last comment, okay. especially about this election and just how crazy things have gotten. You know, like you mentioned, you know, whether it's Donald Trump in America or the controversies in South Korea revolving around the president, I know it's natural for a lot of people watching 2016 to just feel disappointed or disgusted or want to turn away from it all. But I think I would remind your listeners, you know, as participants in a democracy, it's times like these that we need to engage more than ever because things will never get better if we look away. Mm. We have an obligation and opportunity to work towards a better future. So whether that means voting here on Election Day or becoming active in community organizations or voicing their concerns publicly, you know, I always feel like we mentioned our parents. We owe it to our parents and to those who came before us who sacrificed to bring us to where we are today and even more so to our children and those that come after us to keep working towards a better society and a better world. So whether your listeners are out in South Korea or to my colleagues here in the United States. As depressing and as disappointing and shocking as this year has been, let's just keep working towards a better tomorrow. Well uh, well said. Uh, Gene Kim, thank you very much for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you, Henry. It's a pleasure.